Are you ready? I am cold. <laughs> I am small and cold. I'm cold. <laughs> You're that like uh, sound filter they do on like TikToks and YouTube. Are like, oh yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I can't do hey. it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was really I'm good. Cold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, hello, welcome to Circle History. <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone. It's a podcast. It's me, Alexis. And I'm Haley. And today we're going to talk about history. Whoa. <laughs> Blowing your mind. Wow. <laughs> the first time in the entire history of Whoa. our podcast. Crazy. It's like, so I made soup this morning. Uh-huh. I yes, I saw down So I, I couldn't sleep, so I'm like, time to make soup. It's time to soup. Time to you know soup. the opposite of sleep is soup. It is. <laughs> A sister to death, but uh-huh. also soup. Yeah. And the very first time I went to like try and uh-huh. like taste it, see how it's doing. Yeah. Um, I leaned forward, and it went like up my nose. <laughs> oh no! Not like all the way. That's so just, gross. Just enough that I've been like sneezing out bits of soup. red pepper flake no. all morning. Oh, it's so gross. And that's how refreshing <laughs> history is going to be. Woo! For clean you. out your sinuses with soup. And you're like, ah, oh, it's like tomato oh, seeds. It sort of hurts, uh, but. On pepper, and it's like once hot. Once it gets out, uh, uh, then I'll feel way better because my new normal is soup nose. My new normal is uh, simmer boiled water, but uh, in, red, red pepper Inside flavor. your body. Yeah. But not where it should be. Yeah. Yeah. You sneeze and a bit of zucchini <laughs> comes out. That's what history is. Yeah. It's like that one time I ate a carrot and I sneezed it out and it hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. Never sneeze carrots just, <laughs> if you can avoid just it. It shreds you. Yeah. It's like just tiny, sharp shards of pain through your nose. Anyway, now that you're really grossed out, I have two things to let you know here at the beginning. One, so I'm sure people could tell who've been listening for a while, but I do, like, not on purpose, uh, but I'll, like, get stuck on a subject. I get very obsessed with things, so I'll get into a phase, mm-hmm. and then, like, it's all that I do, yeah. and the same works for the podcast. Like, there was a phase on our podcast where I did, like, four episodes in a row about assassins, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a lot of them, and clearly I'm on a kick right now because today we're also doing another East Asian lady. Hell yeah. Um who I think will probably beat out our first two ladies for your, like, I want her to be my historical girlfriend lady because <laughs> she's wow. pretty great. Not that the other two aren't great, but it's pretty great. I mean, okay. Also, uh, she's from Mongolia. This is our first time mm. in the Mongolia. I was wondering, like, how could she possibly? <laughs> she's Mongolian. <laughs> I told you she's Mongolian. Uh, uh. <laughs> it all makes sense. Okay, I'm seeing the image of it now. And even before this, what I was thinking about it, I was like, is she like, is Mongolia technically East Asia? Because it's pretty far north. Uh, when I looked it up, yeah. Uh, when I look up North Asia, it's like Russia. And I'm like, okay, but like, yeah. Also, Mongolia and Kazakhstan are up there. It's like, no, no, no. That just means Russia and just the eastern half. And I'm like, I don't understand you. Okay. But whatever. So technically Mongolia is East Asia, which I guess culturally probably makes more sense. Mm -hmm. But like, whatever. Sure. But so, yeah, we're doing more East Asia. Hopefully y'all aren't bored. I'm having a good time. East (laughs) East Central. And we're doing a lot of different time periods, which I think is fun. Um, Like our first one was in like the early hundreds ADs. It was like 600, 700 AD. And then our last one was, like, 1890s, and then this one's, like, 
1290s. Yeah, so. split the difference. Jumping around. Right, uh, right through the middle. And the second one I want to tell you is uh, sometimes when you're researching things, hot tip for researching. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, hot topic. No. <laughs> yeah, hot take. It's not. Um, sometimes when you're researching, you like don't know all of the sources where your things come from, Mm -hmm. so you don't know how, like, reputable they are, and it's hard to tell sometimes, especially when they're just on the internet. Oh, did you find, like, the Mongolian version of, like, the sun or something? No, no, no. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to read it, but... um, The Daily Mail? No. But, um, I... A lot of the information in this, because it's from a while ago, and Mongolian surprise, spoiler alert, they don't keep very good written records. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot, there was a lot of um, conflict about, like, basic facts that seem like they should have been uh, clear by now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so when I was, like, trying to default of, like, who do I think is right? Sometimes you want to do a little research into the people who are writing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I looked up, uh, his name is Jack Weatherford. Oh, God. Um, and he, no, he's good. Um, and he had an article in, um, it's called Lantham's Quarterly, uh-huh. which is a quarterly magazine yeah. for history stuff. I'm which just, is, <laughs> I, can, I can taste the scone in his name <laughs> yeah. and the publication. That's fair. Um, but when I was like, who do I trust about you know, um, these circumstances. <laughs> the most uh, British man alive was like, trust me. Not only does he have this article in a history magazine that's published quarterly mm-hmm. that I've never heard of, which is why I was like, I don't know if I can trust it. Uh, he also wrote a book called The Secret History of Mongol Queens, How the Daughters of Genghis Khan Rescued His Empire. Yeah, that's on my Amazon wish list. Oh, nice. Um, I only read this part. And... Uh, I looked him up, you know, just like Googled him, mm-hmm. and he has a Wikipedia page, and on his Wikipedia page, it says that he was given a, what is it called, the Order of the Polar Star, which is Mongolia's highest national honor for foreigners oh. in 2006. Okay. So if we have any dispute, I'm going to default to what Jack Weatherford says, because Mon- like Mongolia literally gave him an award for just liking, because <laughs> he's so on top of it. Just to make him go away. <laughs> Here's a, here's an award, please. Because he's representing them well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we have those that I read. I also um, found out about this person in um, that book that I was talking about, "History Versus Women: The Defiant Lives That They Don't Want You to Know About" by Anita Sarkeesian and Ebony Adams. So thank you for that. They just had a little blurb or like maybe a couple pages about her, mm-hmm. um, and then I was like, I'll just read a whole bunch of stuff because she's great. And uh, I also used, shocker, uh, the book of Sir Marco Polo, the Venetian. Oh, I was wondering when we were going to get around to Marco. Concerning the kingdoms and the marvels of the East. Because he's the reason that we know about her at all. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's 1290 and he's just all around the world having a time. Sorry for getting that stuck in your head, Tommy. (laughs) No, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so today we're talking about her. Her name is Kutalun, is what I'm going to call her. I don't know if that's right. Hard to pronounce. Hard to know. Okay. A thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's true. Like we used to it used to be Joms. Yeah. <laughs> King Homies. King Joms. The King Joms King would be Blay. J- Jamboree. <laughs> some of the, but we cut down some letters. Um, so her name comes from Hotel Sagan, which means all white. Mm-hmm. Or she's also known by a few other names. 
Ayurug or Ayjaruk, all referring to moonlight. Yes. So when it's all white, it's like compared to the darkness of the night. Mm-hmm. Her, she's moonlight. Silvery white rays she's, cast down. She's a moon queen. Mm-hmm. She's a Mongolian warrior princess. She's not actually like a daughter of a king technically, but like Mongols don't have kings. Mm-hmm. They have khans. And she's the daughter of a khan. So like... Whatever. I mean, it's the same. Yeah, it's like, it's more equivalent. like being a... It's the equivalent. It's like being a daughter of a feudal lord, but there's no actual real king. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's basically the same. But because of that, she's also in Rejected Princesses. And um, yeah. I want to call Disney and be like, hey, I got a thing for you. Mm-hmm. Your new one. No, not her, not Disney. But there's, but her, like, but in the way of, like, Mulan, like, there's a really good, like, story built into this. So it would be very easy mm-hmm. to, like, translate. And then, like, anything would be about Mongolia ever. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, but, yeah, they are, you know. Not the best. <laughs> we won't say more because they'll kill us. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The mouse will come to your house. <laughs> it will. And kill you. Uh-huh. With. Uh, A louse? Litigation. Oh. Doesn't rhyme, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So she's born around 1260 to Kaidu Khan. Mm-hmm who's a cousin of Kublai Khan, who's the grandson of Genghis Khan. Yeah, easy. Khan, Khan, Khan. Easy. Yeah. Uh, and she grows up, uh, so because uh, Genghis Khan is dead. Wah, wah. Not really, because he's terrible. But he's dead. And so, you know, the height of the Mongolian Empire is d- dwindling. It doesn't really recover from him being gone mm-hmm. in the same way that, like, you know, People don't recover after Alexander the Great dies. It kind of like if you have one good leader and they go away, yeah. uh, you're not prepared for more. Well, too bad. Uh, imagine, <laughs> imagine Alexander the Great being a high point yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got far, but he couldn't keep it. Couldn't keep it. Couldn't and, keep and it. And same with the Mongols. Um, but so she grows up when the Mongol Empire, it's still pretty big. It goes from China to Europe to the Middle East. So it's like, it's not small, mm-hmm. but it's shrinking. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are countries that didn't have a renaissance because of the Mongols. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got it done. Bad. They're pretty good at it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're, yeah. Mostly don't support the Mongols and what they do. However, <laughs> Kutalun's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it's the Yuan dynasty currently. So now they have dynasties, mm-hmm. which I was, like, weirded out by because I'm like, you're just, like, not dynastic in any way. Uh-huh. So it's confusing. And it's so Chinese to be like, this is our, like, Yuan dynasty sounds like a Chinese dynasty. Mm-hmm. And, like, they hate, they're, like, exactly the opposite of the Chinese and hate the Chinese. So I'm, like, very confused yeah. by this. Um, but I guess not so much at the moment because Kublai Khan is, like, really into the luxury of Chinese court, and he thinks that's real fancy and cool, and he likes it. They are, like, really fancy. They are. They have really pretty outfits. They've got a lot of stuff. All the colors. And they just, sit there, and they don't have to do anything, and they don't have to fight all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. They get, like, weekends off. Right. Sometimes. (laughs) Like in the Mongols when you're working every single day to kill people. Every day you're on horseback. Every day you're (gasps) killing more people. Every day you're shooting arrows. It's so much. Every day. (laughs) Just a slog of arrows. Uh, Oh, and so currently, specifically, they have southern Russia to northern Thailand and the entirety of Tibet through the Korean Peninsula. So that area. So, like, a lot. (laughs) A lot. It's a lot. Fairly a lot. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Kubikon basically just wants to sit back, relax, and, you know, eat fancy food and, like, wear fancy clothes and have lots of stuff. And that's why you'll never be as good as your father. <laughs> your was grandfather. But or yeah. your grandfather! <laughs> you'll never be Genghis! Mm-hmm. How many times do you think he hears that a day? Um, probably not a lot, because he'll probably kill them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I bet his wife is like, Ugh, you're, you're nothing like your father. <laughs> He's like, your grandfather. <laughs> Stop emasculating Stop. me. Um, I just want fancy things. <laughs> and not only does he have luxuries of China, he also has Chinese soldiers uh, that are like, I don't know, mercenary. I don't really understand. Like, did he buy Chinese soldiers? I don't get it. Right. But, like, there are Chinese people who are soldiers who are under his control. I mean, that's how you do it. Which, I know, like, that's the ultimate, like, <laughs> that's how you do steal it. Steal your army. <laughs> With what army? My, you, mean, you mean my army? My army. But uh, other Mongolian cons don't love that because, mm. one, they're racist, and, two, they don't think that they can trust them. Um, which oh, is I fair. Mean, you kind of can't trust anybody. Yeah, I don't know how they're getting these Chinese people to uh, work for them, whether it's like threat or paying them. Paying them a lot. Uh, but I mean, you you can't. That is, yeah, I, that is. I'll allow right. that. That's yeah, fair. that's Especially fair. Who have you crushed the most? China. Yeah. So like, yeah, they don't have any reason to like you very much. Uh huh. Um, and Kutalun and her family probably could have, like, lived in the same lifestyle or even, like, lived in the palace with them because uh, I think other cons live there, too. But they're hill people. They don't like this. They're like, no, this isn't Mongolian. This is yeah. stupid. You're Chinese. This sucks. This is not what we do. And I hate it. And so uh, they just continue what they're doing. But they're very anti Kublai Khan and his whole thing. And it's like weird southern luxuries. Yeah, like and, what is this? Oh, uh, it's so gross. Like we live in the woods and like eat raw meat. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> we make alcohol out of horse milk, okay? We hunt with eagles. <laughs> That's right. We're so badass. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then you're going to be all soft. You Come want, on. You want to sleep in? <laughs> it's lame. Gross. <laughs> it's the worst. And Kaidu specifically is in charge of the territory called the House of uh, Ogadai. Mm-hmm. Um, and that territory is important because it's basically the connecting territory from where the center of uh, Mongolia is in Ulaanbaatar to the trade routes to Europe. Mm-hmm. It's got a few rest stops strategically in it that they, like, need if yeah. they're going to trade with anyone. Uh, so Kublai Khan's, like, not super happy that they're not, like, into him. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, this is going to be an issue. And it is. Maybe you should get out of bed. <laughs> um, and specifically, he's worried, Kubla Khan, because Genghis Khan had said that if you don't have the Khans on your side, you really aren't in charge. I mean, yeah. Like, he he basically said, like, if they won't submit to your rule, like, that that's their right. Mm-hmm. And, like, you technically aren't really the Khan, like the head Khan. Yeah. Um, so already he's being legitimized or delegitimized because Kaidu doesn't agree with him. <laughs> right. And then that just gives more uh, cons opportunity to dissent, mm-hmm. right, because somebody's willing to do it. Yeah. And somebody who's controlling an important piece of your land. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So anyway, um, that's, that's the political climate right now. It's not awesome. <laughs> climate. But uh, when has it ever been, like, really stable and awesome in Mongolia? Don't know. 
dumb your dumb grandfather. <laughs> I mean, was it stable? No, it was growing. <laughs> it was big. <laughs> only only dead things are stable. Every day get bigger. Gross. Like a tumor. <laughs> Every day. Um, but so Kaidu apparently is a small, thin man, and apparently he only has nine hairs on his whole head. Oh. That he can count them. That's oh, not good. Also, it doesn't say where they are. So they could be, like, eyebrow. Does he not have eyebrow oh. hairs? Does he not have, like, does he have a mustache oh, see, and, like, four hairs? Immediately I imagine, like, completely bald man. <laughs> yeah. But he has, like, one hair on his cheek, <laughs> one, like, in the back of it his is, head. It is forehead straight out. One ear hair. <laughs> right at his eyeball. One nose hair. <laughs> and he loves all of them like his children. Every single one is important to him. All nine of them. He counts them every right. morning. He loves them like his 14 children. Yeah. Uh, More. Well, 15, actually, technically. More than his children. Yeah, because he has less of them. So... Mm-hmm. He has 15 kids. He has 14 <laughs> sons. He can't just make more of them. No. It's important. He has 14 sons and Kutalun. <laughs> His one daughter, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's Mongolian. She's raised in wild east of Mongolia. Um, so she learns how to ride horses and use a bow and arrow uh, on horseback. Uh, I guess in Mongolia they have the boys and girls when they were young learn how to ride horses and use a bow and arrow. It's uh, starting at two years old mm-hmm. to start learning how to do archery, which is terrifying. <laughs> like, I know they don't have a lot of strength, but still, just yeah. randomly shooting arrows. <laughs> Probably flat tips so they can't hurt you. Just bits of stick. Yeah. Um, but they would both learn how to do it because uh, they are pastoral tribes, and so they need to take care of their animals mm-hmm. um, to keep away predators. The boys would take the larger animals um, like camels and cows farther away to graze. And the girls would stay home uh, with the sheep and the goats. But the sheep and the goats are the ones that are most likely to get attacked mm-hmm. by predators. So the girls have to be better at shooting than the boys do. Yeah. Um, the boys kind of just have to, you know, shuffle the animals around. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that uh, Mongolia doesn't have a version of, like, mm, Little Red Riding Hood or other, not. <laughs> other fairy tales where the point is, like, a girl on her own should be yeah. really worried about dangerous scared, animals. Because you're going to get eaten. It's uh, like, hell no. <laughs> they better be scared of me. Because, yeah, these little girls are, like, fending off wolves yeah. from the animals. So it's, I mean, we talked about this when we did the Beast of Jebel Don, mm-hmm. right? It's... The the women and girls and small children who are out with the flock. Right. And they're the ones who get eaten. Yes. Because they're small. Right. You know what? They should have had a bow and arrow. They should have had a horse and bow and <laughs> Every arrow. Every single one of them. <laughs> Those wolves would be like, no, not like this. Um, also, uh, I don't know if this statistic is updated. But last I heard, Mongolia loves horses so much that there are four horses for every person in Mongolia. Yeah. There's a lot of horses. Also, I was looking into, like, if I went on vacation in Mongolia, like, what do you do? Where do you go? What happens? Mm -hmm. And uh, something told me that it was cheaper for you to buy a horse and then sell it back. You were telling me that. Than to rent a horse. And I'm like, fascinating. Huh. (laughs) Very confusing. Weird. But um, good to know. Why? I don't know. What does it mean? (laughs) I think it's like they're taking advantage of tourists for, like— uh, renting them uh-huh. because only tourists would rent a horse. Uh, so it's probably just cheaper to buy and oh, sell them in general. Sure. Uh, because there's so many. 
and like everybody wants them because they're basically gold. So that's weird. Like, just imagine going somewhere. It's like, I own a horse now. Right. Very weird. Oh. But also, like, nice. Because yeah. then it's like that whole, like, week or two you're there or whatever. Like, that's your horse. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're like, oh, friends. <laughs> I'm going to ruin you somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, but... I'll break you and then no one will buy you. Oh, gosh. I'm going to do cool. this. <laughs> should not be allowed to have a horse. Shouldn't be, uh, there should be cheap. a test or they something. Be way more expensive. A permit? I don't know. They should just see <laughs> that way more that's probably. You should just see that I'm a white person and charge me more. Right. It's also very weird just because in America you have to be really rich to own a horse because mm-hmm. they're expensive. Yeah. In Mongolia, no. I, I guess not. <laughs> Pretty cheap. Um and there's a saying in uh Mongolian that without a horse, um or a person without a horse is like a bird without its wings. Mm-hmm. So it's like useless. Dead. <laughs> Dead, yes. Um, <laughs> Remember the dodo? <laughs> Dead. I mean, it had wings, but useless wings. Yeah, so who cares? You remember penguins? They're still, they're still <laughs> Remember <around>. penguins? <laughs> like they're dead. <laughs> Not yet. Um, we got, remember how we got rid of penguins? Remember how, how that movie, the penguins from Madagascar, like that's, you know, that's Those, the only time you'll see penguins ever again. The only four ones left. Yeah. And they're animated, so we're pretty doomed. And they're spies, so <laughs> you're never going to find so them. So you're super doomed. So uh, Anyway, so she would use these skills for hunting and stuff, but also um, to defend her father's land from other factions in Mongolia. Uh, because mostly right now, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people, I don't think Mongolia has a lot of problems in history with people fighting them on their own land. Mm-hmm. Right, they're fighting people in their house. It's like it's nobody comes to my house. Real harsh terrain. It is, and you can't like grow anything on nope. it. You have to be Mongolian <laughs> to live in Mongolia. You do. You gotta be that tough, sturdy Mongolian energy and build. And people go there like DNA. Ah, we can't hack it here. No, it's it's too hard. It's really hard <laughs> to live here. And they're like, that's right. Yeah. Um. Get out. So of like here. people aren't usually invading Mongolia. <laughs> if there's nothing there you want. You know, no offense, Mongolia, but like, yeah, like you said, there's you can't really grow yeah, stuff. They're, they're not a, like, people aren't adapted to it. No, they don't have the skills to it's take advantage of it. It's very mountainous and difficult and cold, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go there real bad, but um, because of that, yeah, people aren't invading really. So when they're fighting at home, they're pretty much just fighting each other. Uh, and most of the battles that Kutalun is involved in sounds like it's just uh, her father with her father Kaidu, and they're fighting uh, Kublai Khan. Yeah. Which is fair. Uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? Whatever. It's basically like, you know, you get snowed in mm-hmm. and you just got to play Uno with the chill. family for a week. Yeah, and it's like, I'm bored. By the end, you're like, well, time to kill someone. Yeah. Because they keep putting down wild cards. An Uno reverse card. Oh, my God. Stop. Uh, so I had to do it <laughs> So to I him. had to kill him. So I had to. Had to kill him. So most of what we know, like I said, is from Marco Polo because Mongolians don't love writing mm-hmm. in the past. <laughs> and so don't love writing. They weren't great at telling us what's going on. I mean, what would they write on? I don't know. I guess you can make like plant fiber paper, but that's like a stationary lifestyle kind of luxury. I assume they've got some sort of like stone or clay going on they could write on. But yeah, I have no idea. So, yeah, and definitely not in the 13th century. They're not keeping, like, fantastic records. Uh, But he goes and visits, so he tells us some stuff about Mm -hmm. what's going on. It's called The Mysteries of the Orient, because obviously. Mm -hmm. I guess she's on the Marco Polo TV show. 
Oh. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's on I Netflix. I haven't seen it either. She's I've very briefly on it. I'm assuming for like oh. an episode or two mm-hmm. because I'm assuming, you know, he goes all around. Sure. Uh, and there's not a lot known about her. So I also think they were just like, we don't have a lot <laughs> to go on here. Uh, but she's in it. I feel so, like I've heard you. good things about that one. Like, yeah. I was very hesitant. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. The, the, white, white the one white guy. Yeah. Uh, but I heard it was a lot more like you start for the white guy, but it's not about him. Oh, sure. I'm well, like, oh, good for you. And it gives a lot of good opportunities for, like, a lot of um, POC actors mm-hmm. to do something. So it's yeah. like, that's really nice. <laughs> like, the show kind of shuffles him to yeah, the side. Yeah, he's token white guy because yeah. of all these other people who are more interesting. Um, we also, there's some accounts about her from uh, Rashid al-Din, mm-hmm. uh, who is a historian from the Middle East uh, at the same time who had been visiting. So uh, we know she's real. And the Chinese, I guess, write about her too a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because that's the thing. Like sometimes it's like, is this for real, Caesar? Are you making it up? Right. Especially about Marco Polo because you're like, I mean, he could say anything. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, wow, that's true. Wow. So like, bleh. but you, like, you saw some stuff. Multiple other historians from other places wrote about her. So she's real, I promise. And it's hard to know sometimes as far back, are they real? <laughs> is yeah. this happening? Even in like places where they write more. So. Um, but anyway, Marco Polo specifically describes her in a few, few instances um, about fighting specifically. Mm-hmm. He says she would make a dash at the host of the enemy and seize some man thereout and deftly as a hawk pounce on a bird and carry him to her father. And this she did many a time. Caw. So she just rides out to the enemy, <laughs> scoops up a man off his horse and brings him back to her father. And is like, you want this? Just like grabs him by his beard, drags is him it, off his horse. This is what you want? All right, here we go. Just like under her arm, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, no. Uh, I love women like that. <laughs> and it says that like she doesn't pick up anyone specific. It's not like she's aiming for like generals or whatever. That yeah. it's probably mostly like a scare tactic. Of just like, I could snatch up anybody. Watch out. Yeah, <laughs> here like, I am. She's really fast and it's a lot. Um, she just plucked Ted out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few articles I read made the point to say uh, that Mongolians generally don't have women in battle sometimes, but like more than other cultures, definitely at mm-hmm. the time, but not like to the extent that this is like super normal. But it's more normal because they're always on horseback, mm-hmm. and that kind of equals the playing field for men and women as yeah. far as battling, and that they're using uh, almost always a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Like, very rarely are they even fighting with swords or anything, yeah. uh, which is probably also why it's scary that she just runs straight up to you like she's not afraid of being <laughs> shot and then just grabs you because uh, you're not expected to be grabbed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She grabbed me. <laughs> Why did she do that? She grabbed me. <laughs> but you're probably dead, so you don't get it. And then I died. It. Yeah, and then I died. He's a ghost. <laughs> um, but because of that, like, men and women are on a much more even playing field. And um, in some ways, women are more advantageous because usually they are smaller and therefore lighter, and so their horses are faster Yeah. because they don't have to carry so much around. Horses so, at the time are like... Imagine a future where everyone has, like, a giant mech suit. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to yeah. matter who's great, inside great it as much. Great equalizer. The great equalizer. Yeah. Hor- they, horses they, they just, and bows and arrows. <laughs> get inside their Voltron horses and yeah. go. <laughs> like, six horses become one giant monster and you're horse. Like, let's go, my dude. Let's take over the world. Uh, and they also make a point to say that for, like, a bow and arrow, it's a lot different than when you're fighting with a physical weapon. Like, if you're fighting with a sword or something, mm-hmm. you need to be pretty strong to wield a sword. Um, but also, 
if you're using a sword and you're strong enough to wield it, you can probably kill someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that hard. But uh, for a bow and arrow, you don't have to be super strong to shoot a bow and arrow pretty far. Uh, it just takes training. But you have to be good to kill someone, mm-hmm. like to hit them in a spot that's really going to kill them. Uh, so that way it doesn't rely on, like, your natural ability to do anything. It, like, it requires a lot of, like, preparation, which they have because they started when they were two. Right. So that's why, in case you're wondering why Mongolia wins uh, generally, that's mostly it. Their entire country <laughs> is the cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's effective. Mm-hmm. Really good. Although I wonder what, like, the draw strengths of their bows are. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Because, uh, like, my grandfather used to uh, hunt, mm-hmm. and he, used, he did some of it with, uh, like, a cross, yeah. not a crossbow, but, you like know. Like a composite bow. Yeah, a composite yeah. bow. And when they get strong enough to take down, like, deer and right. stuff, it's uh, it's hard enough to draw back that, like, I couldn't do oh, it. Oh, totally. It takes a, uh, some arm muscle oh, yeah. you gotta, to do yeah. it. And, uh, and I'm sure they're shooting pretty hard and like they're probably pre- their strings are probably pretty taut but mm-hmm. once again doing this since you're Training a child <laughs> since they were two and um if you've ever seen mongolian people in general pretty um swarthy mm-hmm. they're th- big uh thick individuals <laughs> if you will mm, tick tick um but anyway so uh yeah he's apparently uh, Marco Polo sees her do this and is like, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but he says, even better, though, than fighting, which she's good at, or sh- horseback riding, which she's good at, or shooting a bow and arrow, which she's good at, um, Kutalun is best at wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. She is really good at wrestling. Uh, wrestling is um, a Mongolian pastime. Uh, because, of course, <laughs> who's surprised? And um, Mongolian culture is built on physical strength generally. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, that's what they're doing um, for fun. And um, when Mongolian men wrestle in Nadam games um, held annually since Genghis Khan, so for a long time, mm-hmm. um, it, they wear a vest with long sleeves but no shoulder coverings and completely open, exposing their whole chest so it's basically just sleeves and maybe so a it's back. Just like <laughs> sleeves? Um, but it's specifically supposed to show your chest so that you know that your opponent's male. Okay. That's the point. Which makes it sound like they had a problem <laughs> with that before they yeah. changed the design. Um, Mongolian wrestlers aren't paired by size or weight. You just wrestle whomever wants yeah. to wrestle you. Uh, you know, because like in, in American wrestling, like we have weight classes. So mm-hmm. that, like, you don't get squashed because you're a small boy. We're also not doing it for, like, keepsies. No. Or to the death. And they're not doing it to the death, mm-hmm. I want to say. Like, they're not killing each other or anything in this way. <laughs> but um, the rounds also have uh, no spatial or time limits. So just do it. Yeah. Um, but when they're wrestling, too, they uh, just hold their arms out and grab each other's arms, like at your forearm, mm-hmm. and then just... Toss each other over. Oh, it's like not that's a, the extent of it's it. It's not a grappling. No wrestle. You have to be holding their arms, and then you just have to get them to the ground, however you can. And you're not supposed to touch the ground. That's mm-hmm. it. Which is why, like, a lot of wrestling, um, you can use kind of the other person's weight and like leverage, and still do pretty well, even if you're smaller than them or like not as well trained, perhaps. Yeah. 
Um, not this, no. You kind of just have to be stronger than them and, like, s- slightly smarter. But it's mostly physical, um, you know, just energy happening, which is why it's impressive that Kutaloon's so good at it. Yeah. Um, because she's uh, exclusively, as far as we know, wrestling men. Um, and is very, very good at it. Uh, in fact, so good that she uh, doesn't lose like mm-hmm. ever. And probably um, challenges people to beat her. Oh, yeah. To greatly to her benefit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're assuming that she, you know, she grew up with 14 brothers, so she probably wrestled her brothers a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming then she lost a lot. But as an adult, she does not lose. Yeah. Um, and so that's probably why she got so <laughs> by, good at it. By the time she's an adult, brother's like, don't do it. Don't. It's a mistake. Listen, she got real angry. <laughs> we made her angry. Oh, yeah. If any part of the body touches the ground, no matter how briefly, then you're out. So just you can't, like, unless it's your feet, can't touch the ground. Um, and usually they bet horses mm-hmm. on matches because, like I said, horses are gold in Mongolia. So, like, just, that's your money. Your <laughs> currency is horses. Um and people generally only own a couple horses per household, like mm-hmm. an average person. Yeah. Right? And she's the daughter of a con, so, like, she's definitely got more than that. Uh, but because of that, like, betting a horse is kind of a big deal. And it's part of your, like, livelihood of your house. So it's yeah. like you don't want to do that if you're not sure. Right. Well, if you that run you can out. Win. If you run out of horses, you're doomed. Yeah. Because you also don't have money probably to buy new ones. But, yeah, she beats every single man who tries to wrestle her. And, like I said, there's no mention of her wrestling women. Um, but presumably they don't wrestle a lot. And at the time— They're too smart, too. <laughs> yeah, they've got other things to do. <laughs> and at the time, uh, they're not wearing that outfit. So she's not, like, exposing herself, like, when they're doing the thing. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's from her is why they're like, now we wear this outfit to make sure you're not a sneaky woman in here. Not that she was sneaking. Everyone knew she was a woman. <laughs> she wasn't sneaking. But still. Um— so, yeah, she joins public competitions, uh, and everybody's like, wow, she's amazing because she keeps just destroying people. <laughs> wow, amaze. Um, and she gets to be marrying age, and she's like, I don't care about getting married. That doesn't yeah. seem like uh, it matters to me. But her parents, you know, they're nobility, and so they're like, we would really like if you get married. Especially she's their only daughter. Sure, because all the sons couldn't carry the line. Yeah. No, but, like— you know, to make connections with people, you want to, like, intermarry. And she's their only daughter. Intermarry so they're like, the boys. Please. I mean, I'm sure they are. <laughs> but they're like, please, could you get married? Please. And she says, sure, if a man can beat me at wrestling, I'll marry him. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, know. come on. You know. Yeah. You know there's yeah. no man. <laughs> you know that a man doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and is this a stalling tactic? Like, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, would she marry a man if he could beat her? I think so. Like, I think that that would impress her enough that she'd be like, okay, yeah, that seems fair. But, uh, you know, and like, I don't think that she'd want to marry someone who's not her equal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so if he can't beat her at wrestling, it's like, yeah. well... Are you man enough for me? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, because of this, uh, you know, lack of desire, I guess, to get married, are like, she's a lesbian, and there's no proof that she's a lesbian. Or they're like, she's having sex with her dad, and there's also no oh proof that God. that's happening. You don't have to be, <laughs> like, incestual or a lesbian just because you don't want to get married. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it gets 
ridiculous. This um, woman doesn't want to be put under a man's power for the rest of her life. She must be an incestual person. What? Or a lesbian. Or a lesbian. There's mm, only two options. That's the only options. <laughs> Pick wisely. It's not that uh, we live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I think for most people, if, you know, when she's kind of not in a position to make this agreement with her parents. Like, her parents can just insist that she marry someone and she has to mm-hmm. because that's how being a woman is in the 13th century. But uh, her parents respect her and love her, and so they're like, yeah, that's fine. And also, she'll swoop in and carry them away. <laughs> she'll kill them. Uh, so they're like, sure. In the night. Sounds good. In the night times. <laughs> they're scared of it. In the night times. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they let her do that. They don't want to force her. Kaidu, I guess... Um, like, really loves her. Mm-hmm. Like, from everything that everyone's said about, you know, um, how he, like, uses her in battle and from different accounts oh, with yeah. him. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like, way better than all the brothers. <laughs> yeah, like, and Kaido agrees. My one um, my one true child. He, like, he really definitely, like, has a special relationship with her. Not an incestual <laughs> relationship, but, like, he really clearly, like, loves her and, like, f- yeah, favorites her over mm-hmm. her brothers, which has to be really annoying when you're, like, in a society that's, like, s- obsessed with boys and then, uh-huh. like, your dad's the only one who's, like, my daughter's better than all of you. <laughs> Like, come on. It's like, prove me wrong. And they're like, we can't. You know we can't, Dad. That's so, not fair. That's not fair, Dad. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair that she's so much better she, than that everyone. She's better than me. <laughs> uh, so Kaidu writes this royal decree uh, that any man in the kingdom who wishes to marry his daughter needs to bring 100 horses as a ticket to entry, which is a lot of horses. I mean, good good for him. It's good a lot. for him. Yeah. Being like, uh, that's fair. Let's make some money. Yeah. Let's yeah. make some bets. <laughs> Uh, if and if they lost, they get to keep their horses. Or like if if the guy loses, that Kudaloon gets to keep the horses. And mm-hmm. if he wins, then they can marry Kudaloon. And then she kind of gets the horses anyway, I guess, because they're married. Yeah. So like either way, good for you. <laughs> That'll be the husband's dowry. Yeah. Um. But like I said, most families only own one or two horses, so this is like pretty much guaranteeing that nobody will enter unless they're either really really rich. Or nobility, probably both, mm-hmm. which is what they want anyway. So they're like, lovely. Yeah. That works. Um, and so what if she married a really good wrestling horse thief? <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. Grand horse um, auto. Really good addition to the to like the animated movie we're going to do with unnamed people. Uh, we're shopping it around. <laughs> that Yeah, her boyfriend's a horse thief. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just comes in, and they're like, "Stupid!" And also, this sucks. <laughs> also, get it re- wrestling and horse theft. Yeah, hot. Like, well, he's well. like, it's like Flynn Rider, but the Mongolian <laughs> version. <laughs> um, and and there's other sources that say people mostly do ten horses. It what it seems like is that a general bet of horses for wrestling for like nobility just to wrestle is maybe 10 and that Kaidu wants 100 mm-hmm. for his daughter which I'm like good for you she's yeah. 10 times as good as a regular bet you can try yeah for 10 um so she starts wrestling men all over the place and just destroys them um and then I have a quote that says and that's how Gutaloon ended up with a sea of horses and no husband yep <laughs> look at all my horses look at all my horses um, and some- not a single <laughs> f to give that's right yeah there's some accounts that say she gets up to 10,000 horses um, but then I read another account that uh, Mongolians use the number 10,000 just to mean a lot when they oh. can't count that high <laughs> that's fine so it could be 10,000 it could be more it could be less but either way it's a lot 
we need we just need to know at what number they stop counting. Yeah. <laughs> like is it 5,000? Is it 1,000? When do you stop? When do you stop? Cuz I mean that's a really high number of horses and like I said they don't write a lot of stuff down, so I don't think they're like the best at accounting for mm-hmm. every single animal they have perhaps. So yeah, I bet it gets to the point too where her dad's like, "Stop. Like too many." Uh, I now I have to give them away. I just can can we feed all of these? You're ruining the horse market with your wrestling. <laughs> Um, There's no horses left in Mongolia. So the king, or the son of King Pamar shows up um, looking hot and ready to wrestle her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Polo describes him um, and basically just says, like, ooh, he's real hot. He brings a whole <laughs> entourage and he brings a thousand horses. He's real hot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like he's ooh. very attractive. And I'm like, okay. Um Oh, I should say Marco Polo also describes Kutalun, um, that he says she she's very strong, she's very tall. Like, he says she's a giantess, he calls her. <laughs> yeah. Like, he almost thought she was a giantess when mm-hmm. he first met her. Like, that's a diff- That's not human species. It's just because um, you're a t- little man. I know. But <laughs> also he was like... him up by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> and then also he's like, she's also very pretty. So uh-huh. I'm like, also just Marco Polo, uh, thirsty up in here in general. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, who who isn't thirsty for a giant <laughs> woman. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Who can but then also this press and, and a, a you know, prince coming in here with his thousand horses. Oh, horse. Marco Polo's like, "Ooh, dang. Wow." <laughs> He's like, "I can't wait to watch him wrestle." Every I know. <laughs> it's a great day to be a Mongolia. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he comes, he's got a whole entourage of people, thousand horses, and he's hot and he's a prince. Mm-hmm. And people are like, wow. Hot to trot. And he comes in and he's like, I want to wrestle her. Uh, and everybody's like, D- everyone's so excited. The whole, like, all the Mongolians who've been watching all these wrestling matches are like, yes. Like, this is going to be so good. <laughs> yes. Um, but they're hoping that she's going to lose because sure. they're like, this is a really good match for you. And, like, he's got a lot of money and stuff. And, like, and he's a prince. At this point, awesome. the, the, the men are the underdogs. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, and so when her parents hear about this, they go to Kutalun and they're like, please lose mm-hmm. on purpose. Throw it, please. Like, look at how much stuff he has, and he's hot. He's a prince. Please. Hot. Many horse. <laughs> Many horse, prince, hot. Just throw it, please. Hot bod. And depending on the account you read, Kutalun either says, like, okay, I'll throw it, and then doesn't, or she says no. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Just depends on whether you think oh, she's, like, man. trying to convince her parents that she might actually let him win. Um but uh, she doesn't end up throwing it. Uh, they, uh, so I think most of the images of people wrestling in Mongolia are outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's happening, according to Marco Polo, in the palace. So like indoors, beautiful arena happening, and then they're gonna wrestle. Mm-hmm. And um, like a ton of people are watching, like from the public, and they're just like on the edge of their seat. This is the longest match that they've ever seen Kutalun have. Like her, clearly, the prince that he is here is not just hot; he's very strong. How long and do capable. matches usually last? Um, I'm assuming because it doesn't say. Because um, like I said, they don't write stuff down. But I'm assuming like most of them are probably somewhere between like a few minutes and like 10 or 15, 20 minutes. Like mm-hmm. not very long, I don't think at all generally. Because it's like you get tired yeah. pretty fast. It's more like arm it's like, wrestling. Yeah, I was going to say it's like arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah exactly. That There's is like, only so much. You can't arm wrestle for hours, you know, mm-hmm. like you just get tired and someone gives up. 
uh, or someone slips up and it's over. But yeah, this one's the longest one they've ever seen. Uh, and they're just like, oh, man, it's amazing. You know, and it looks like he's going to get it. And it looks like she's going to get it. It's like arm wrestling. And it looks like he's going to get it. And everyone's like, oh, uh, having a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kutalun throws into the ground and beats him. And everybody's like, oh. <laughs> oh. Because they were all like cheering like, oh, they thought he was like possibly going to win. Because they're like, it's very exciting. They ship it. They're like, yeah. Yeah. And then she throws it in the ground and they're like, oh. That's oh. unfortunate. Well, okay. Uh, and then he leaves and <laughs> gives all the horses. With no horses. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So. Thanks for the horses. Later. Sucker. <laughs> See you later. Um, and then I have a quote that says, she not only defeated but humiliated him and he disappeared, leaving behind an additional thousand horses. It says, I don't know if that's true or it just might be the regular one. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that would mean they came with 2,000 horses. It, it would mean that. Uh, uh, but having shattered her parents' hopes of marrying her to a worthy suitor. So they're like, great. So everyone's like, it's like the most sad ending because everybody's just like so bummed. Because <laughs> they're like, no, he's awesome. Because oh, I think they no thought. No wedding. I think they thought the same thing that like once she saw how like rich and haughty he is that they were like, well, she'll throw it. Like she wants to marry this guy probably. No. Hell nah. Nope. Not interested. Uh, as Marco Polo said, as to King Kaidu and his wife, they were greatly annoyed, as I can tell you, about this match. Not happy. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, either she told them or they told her to throw it and she said no, uh, but maybe they're hoping she'd change her mind. Or she said she would throw it and then didn't. And they're like, you can't be this bad at throwing it. Ah, <laughs> Pretty good at throwing him. Hey. Hey, bye. <laughs> Uh, honest question though why do you need a husband when you're rich and a professional wrestler I don't I, I don't know what's the point huh what someone explain it to me what could he possibly give <laughs> send us an email <laughs> why why get married when you have 10,000 horses and you're a professional wrestler uh, what's the point what is the point I don't get it what what can anyone possibly give? Oh, here's a description from Marco Polo I was waiting for. Uh, he describes her as so well made in all her limbs and so tall and strongly built that she might almost be taken for a giantess. <laughs> yeah, she hot. So strong that there was no young man in the whole kingdom who could overcome her, but she vanquished them all. Yeah, and she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I like her. And 10,000, you know, like I said, 10,000 is kind of the catch-all just for a lot. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, that's the number they use when it's like an emperor's level of, like, stuff. Yeah. So, like, by having that many things that it's, like, too high to count, you're, like, elevating your family status and yourself to be like, oh, I'm basically, like, queen of this place mm-hmm. now. You're welcome. She has an emperor's stable. It's enough. Yeah, it's a lot. And like I said, ruining the horse market in Mongolia. <laughs> Just lousy with horses. Uh, yeah. Oh, so even today, at the end of each match, the winner stretches out his arms to display his chest again and slowly waves his arm in the air like a bird and turns for, like, people to see. God. That's what they do. Um, and for the winner, it's a victory dance, but it's also a tribute to the greatest female athlete in Mongolian history, a wrestling princess who no man ever defeated. So they do that at the end of their matches now for Kutalun, which is very cute. I Every love. time they have a match, that's their yeah their victory dance is like a bird dance for Kutalun. Like yeah, hell yeah, just like the uh, best mama wrestler that ever was. Gonna pick up a man and throw him down, <laughs> that's just right. like she did. Mm-hmm. 
Ever since she yeah. reigned as wrestling champion of the Mongols in the 13th century, however, male wrestlers have only wrestled men. <laughs> they don't want to lose. They're scared. So bad again. She's scared him That's so bad. That's why they wear the shirtless or the <laughs> chestless shirt. Chest open shirt. They're so scared. See, no boobs. They don't want even a secret woman nope. slipping <laughs> They're in. They're like, you can't do it. You can't. We'll, it'll bum us out real bad. Um, we'll get scared. And, uh, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, amazingly, even though it's a male-centered society, Kutalun is her father's favorite. He loves her so much. Um, I mean, how could you not? How many horses do the boys have? Yeah, it's true. Uh, and not just, like, he's her favorite kid, but, like, he goes to her for governing advice of his kingdom. They go into battle together. Like, he clearly relies on her, like, assistance and support and is, like, treats her like a, just another person, mm-hmm. you know, that's helpful. So it's like, oh, nice. Because your brothers are useless. Yeah. Um, and even though she won't get married or listen to him, which has to be frustrating, I think probably he, like, secretly likes that mm-hmm. because he's like, that's what Mongols are. We're, like, strong-headed and uh, good for you yeah. <laughs> like, for standing your ground. <laughs> it was a test and you passed. Uh-huh. Uh um, she's got a bit, like I said, in Rejected Princesses, and um, in that she's wearing a silver medal around her neck, which is a, a jerji, a gurgi, I don't know, uh, also known as a paisa, which is a medallion given to the great Khan that signifies the power of the holder. It's usually reserved for men. Most women instead used seals to signify their status. Kutalun is the only woman ever mentioned to own a gurgi. Oh, good for her. So she's getting... Like, man-exclusive medals, because that's how dope she is. Hell yeah. And I think especially, I guess it could go either way, Um, because Mongolians definitely don't seem to have as strict of gender roles as other, like, as, like, European societies maybe or Chinese society. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still think when you're, like, in that hyper-masculine um, culture, it's harder in a lot of ways to be a woman and be like, no, look, I am capable mm-hmm. because you're at such a physical disadvantage to begin with. Um, so I'm just like, oh, good for you. <laughs> good for you. But if you can break through, they're like, respect. <laughs> okay. Mad, mad respect. You know what we value? Not gender, strength. <laughs> so, like, good for you. Winning. Yeah, win- we like winning. Right, I was having a conversation with someone from my class about this, and we were talking about um, how... Like, in Japanese culture, it's a lot about honor. You know, like, they want to win, but also they want to do it correctly. Right. And if they don't do it correctly, you know, then they, like, take themselves out or whatever. Um, they Like, it's a lot of shame on your whole family forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, yeah, Mongols don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Mongols yeah. will do whatever they have to do to win. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Whatever if you if you can sneak in and be awesome, great, great, perfect. Help us. We're gonna win. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're gonna win. Ha-ha. The only hope you have is that we get bored. <laughs> is win, <laughs> and we have to go home for Jet's yeah. funeral. I'm tired. <laughs> um, and athletic victory is uh, in Mongolian culture strongly like associated with a sacred essence, like. That the gods are blessing you to win, basically. Yeah, you got, like, good mojo. And Yeah, like, you're blessed by the spirit. So, like, the more you win, the more, like, awesome you are spiritually. So she's, like, yeah, just uh, incredible. Basically divine. Yeah, pretty much. Just makes her a goddess. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Pretty cool. That's right. <laughs> so they're, like, wow. 
So people yeah, are very that's like, right. That's right. Very reverent around her, I think. Uh, anyway, so Kaidu and Kubakan are rivals. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier. And so they're getting into a lot of military disputes. Like generally when Kutalun is fighting, it's against Kublai Khan's um, people. Which is then nice in a way because it's like the only Mongolian story that I know where it's like ex- almost exclusively Mongols fighting each other. Yeah. And that doesn't feel as sad. We, we don't. <laughs> we tend not to focus on those. Yeah. But it's also a lot of infighting. Um and throughout their lives, the two cons um, are constantly bickering anyway. Like, it's not new. Um, but now they have power and, you know, uh, armies. So mm-hmm. they're having problems. And Kublai Khan <laughs> uh, really wants Western Mongolia, which is where they are, because uh, Western Mongolia, what we consider Mongolia now. Earlier I said Wild East, but that's because it extends farther. Yeah. But they're in Western Mongolia, which is very, um, it is much more like, wilderness than Mm -hmm. Eastern Mongolia generally, and uh, even now. And, yeah, they kind of own Western Mongolia and Kazakhstan, Kaidu, Uh, and that's the problem because that's the way that they go to Europe. Yeah. And so that's why he's like, I need this. (laughs) They control the bottleneck. Yeah. Uh, In 1293, the continent-spanning Mongol Empire breaks up after a civil war, so they're they're in pieces, mm-hmm. um, like their neighbors uh, often do, break into pieces. And what do we do? Yeah, um, don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> every once in a while, just bust down into pieces. The main thing that people were not clear about in articles is whether or not Kutalun gets married, and if she gets married, who does she get married to? Uh huh. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to default to Jack Weatherford on this because he is a medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he got a he got a medal just like she did. Yeah, so I trust him. Mm-hmm. Not the same medal, but he got one yeah. for foreigners. Probably the equivalent for foreigners. So I trust him. Um, but there's a lot of articles that say she never got married. And I'm like, okay. And then there's some articles that say she got married to this person or she wanted to get... There's like this thing that doesn't make sense to me where it says... That she doesn't have a husband because she wants to marry her cousin who's ruling in Persia and Mesopotamia at the time. And that she's not allowed to marry her cousin because they're cousins. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that sounds completely wrong. It's the 13th century and they're Mongols. I don't understand why you wouldn't be allowed to marry your cousin. Mm -hmm. Like, not maybe not your brother. But your cousin. Yeah. Like, because they're saying relation is the problem and that's it. And I'm like, what? Like, people are still in some, you know, culture around the world marrying their siblings Mm -hmm. straight up. So I'm just like, no. Like, I just like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess they could be really picky. Some cultures just are more picky than others. But I I don't know. But like this one, it just seems odd for that to be what you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think that's just like people making up a reason for why she's not getting married. Yeah. Um, Again, something yeah. to do with incest or lesbianism. Right. Um, there's other rumors that say she's in love, yeah, with her first cousin, but she can't marry him. Um, she, she had a broken heart and decided if she could not marry him, then she wouldn't marry anyone else. Um, I don't know if that's the same cousin, but probably. And like I said, I don't feel like that's real. Uh, and there's incest rumors about her and her father just because she's not married. But, like, there's no any 
proof at all. It's just that he likes her Mm -hmm. over her brother. So they're like, that's probably sex having. And I'm like, no. No, she's just better. Nope. Also, just, you know, toxic masculinity in general that like, well, why wouldn't she want a man? I guess she must be sleeping with her dad. And it's like, ew, why would this be your conclusion? What's happening? Why was that your first conclusion? (laughs) Which is funny to me, though, because people say that there's like rumors about that about Lizzie Borden, too, and her Mm -hmm. dad. And it's like, that's in the Victorian era. So it's like, yeah, just, you know, if you don't get married quick enough, ladies, you're sleeping with your dad. Did you you know? You have to belong to someone. Yep. You have to belong to a man. It's going to be your dad or your husband. (laughs) Yep. It's going to be your dad or your daddy. Make a choice. Uh, um, yeah. But so, uh, and and I'm like, I wonder, you know, if like Kublai Khan is starting these rumors or like people in his arena mm-hmm. since he's like trying to delegitimize Kaidu and like get people to not listen to him and like be like, no, I'm in charge. Follow me. Mm-hmm. So I'm also wondering if it's like politically strategic. That'd be very smart if it w- yeah. was. There's no proof of that, but yeah. like, uh, you know. Honestly, Maybe. it sounds like anyone on the street could have made those rumors. Totally. Yeah. But, like, if anything, like, Kubakon definitely, I'm sure, is benefiting from it because the, the worse Kaidu looks, the better. And then historians think that because of those rumors is why she finally got married. And oh, Jack Weatherford sure. says she does get married. So I believe him. Uh, he doesn't say to whom. Yeah, like, my favorite part, I don't care so much if she got married or not. I love that we have no idea who he is and it's like so unimportant. Yeah, that that's like confusing. Yeah. Uh, Like we know who she is, but yeah, husband. mm. Who? Um, But a lot of the articles I read said, and she never got married. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, didn't somebody tell me she did get married? And I feel like it was like half and half of them being like, she never got married and she did get married. And so then I was like, what does Jack Weatherford say? And he's like, she got married. And I'm like, thank you, Jack. I believe you. I think that you probably speak Mongolian and you could probably read sources they can't read. So, yeah. Cool. Um, like, but like I said, he doesn't know who she got married to. It doesn't seem like he never brings it up um, from what I read. So, like, we don't care. Oh, she um, found a nice horse thief. And- but I do have a story um, that people have told about who she gets married to that I do like. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to believe this and here we go. Okay. Um, so, apparently, Kutulun marries. Um, uh, Abtakul is his name, after he supposedly comes to court on a mission to murder her father, Kaidu. Abtakul. <laughs> Abtakul. Abtakulio. Um, so he comes in to murder her dad, and when he gets captured, um, his mother is there for some reason, um, and she offers herself as punishment instead of her son. Mm-hmm. And Abtakul is like, absolutely not. Kill me. Don't kill my mom. I'm sorry that I even brought you on this no, why, assassin why mission. Why did I bring my mom? I just had to. I, I love her a lot. I love her, so I just wanted her to be proud of me. <laughs> Probably way smarter than me. Yeah. Someone had to do the directions when we were writing here. Yeah, and so that, the way that happens, Kaidu respects uh, Optakul for not letting his mom sacrifice herself, but also is like, wow, clearly you're like— uh, your mom loves you enough to, like, sacrifice herself for you, which is, like, you know, good— Mongolians are really into, like, family relations in general. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, cool, you want to be a soldier in my army? And he's like, yeah. Uh, rather than die, I love to. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, and then makes him an army officer. And that later on, at some point, Kutalun meets um, Abtakul uh, when he gets wounded in battle against Kublai Khan's army. Um 
that he returns to the royal camp to recuperate, and then she meets him for the first time and falls in love with him. Cute. When he's, like, injured on a cot. <laughs> I also like to defy my father. <laughs> Very hot. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. I feel like that's—I I don't know if that's true. It's probably not true, but uh, I like it, and I fe- it feels, like, correct to me that Mongolians are like, good job trying to kill me. <laughs> you want to be in my army? <laughs> you got pretty close. Oh. Congrats. It also feels like a Napoleon move of like, hey, I took over your country now. Do you want to be in the army? Right. And they're like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you did some good battling before we beat you. You want to be in the army? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh? Always make people want to fight for you more than they want to fight for other people. That's right. That's how you do it. Um, But, yes, very meet cute. I like it a lot of, like, she just meets him when he's, like, slowly dying in a cot. And she's like, he's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Meet cute. Love it. Horse meat cute. (laughs) Ew. No, delicious. (laughs) No, we're in Mongolia. It's probably really good. It's the best. Um, I really want to try horse. Okay. Is that too much? (laughs) Anyway. Is that too much information? Yep. I mean, all oh, no, meat. No, no. Meat, man. Move oh, on. Meat okay. Is so good. There's one source, um, like I said, that says she did get married. Other people say she didn't get married. But Jack Weatherford's always right. So she got married. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't marry anyone who beat her at wrestling, which is the point. <laughs> yeah. She didn't beat her at anything. Um, which is, I like, in a way, too, is also cute to me. Um, because then it's like, maybe she just really liked him, and she's like, well, I don't want him to lose. Yeah. Also, he's broken. When I met he's him, he's... definitely gonna lose. Got his arm falling off, so... He couldn't even kill my dad. <laughs> what a loser. What a loser. He's, he's cute, though. Ah, uh, but he's cute. I like him, though. And his, his mom kind of browbeat him into submission. Yeah. It's good. And uh, good yeah. ambition on that boy. Oh, but so she she gets married, but, like, continues doing everything else she was doing. She's yeah. not, like, any more domestic than earlier. Bye. She's still fighting with her dad. She's still doing anything. <laughs> and then it just becomes, like, them fighting together if they're both in the army. And I'm like, cute. so cute. I love battle couple. I want her to pick him up and then, like, throw him at people. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Right, like when you play D and D and you've got a small, and then you, he gets thrown by your big tank. Mm-hmm. It's she's the tank. Yeah, and her boy and her husband just woof. Um, small boy, throw him. highly throwable. <laughs> get him. Um, neck like top tier strats. Husband throwing. Yep, I've never seen it done that good before. <laughs> Incredible. I'm gonna go home and throw my husband. <laughs> Start a new Olympic game. Husband throwing. <laughs> And for Mongolia, husband throw. <laughs> Kutaloo. <laughs> they always win. Uh, so Kaidu gets sick, her dad. Uh, he's got dyspepsia, which uh. literally means indigestion, I learned. Uh, when I Googled, what is dyspepsia? And they're like, mm. indigestion. I'm like, ah, I too have dyspepsia. <laughs> which makes it sound a lot scarier Chronic than Chronic dyspepsia. I do. Um, and it was like, uh, some physicians give him some pills that turn it into dysentery. <laughs> oh, he, he got the dysentery pills. Turns out you can give people dysentery if you do this. <laughs> well, sure. I didn't know. This. Our our range for the study was, can you put it in a pill? <laughs> and force it in his mouth? You can put a lot of stuff in a <laughs> when pill. When he's already having physical stomach problems. Give him like a little Woo. like... I don't know, a little Zika, a little Ebola, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little TB, yellow fever. Delicious. Have fun with that. Yay. Let's see what gets him first. <gasps> dysentery. Nailed it. And dysent. New Olympic sport. This Which is- disease gets him first? <laughs> this is why you don't go to the doctor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, but in the 13th century, 
don't. I mean, they can't help you. They don't know what they're doing they any more than you do. Yeah. No. Pro- maybe, and it's probably worse. Maybe slightly more, but they're, barely. They're going to want to experiment. Yep. And they're not, they're just not trustworthy, so don't. But now it's probably fine. Yeah, it's probably fine now. But in case you're, you're wondering why your dad doesn't want to go to the doctor, dysentery pills. Dysentery pills <laughs> are going to give me the poop pills. So he's dying. Um, and before he dies, he tries to leave the empire to Kutalun, mm-hmm. which is awkward because he has 14 sons. But they're losers. They know they're losers. And the way that's written, it also makes it sound like she's the youngest. I don't know if she actually is. Mm-hmm. But like... So even if we're just going by order, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. No, no. Um, so, yeah, apparently he tries to do that. Some sources say that he didn't try to do that, but, like, that she tried to take it, which I just don't believe. And then other things say that his her brothers were just worried he was going to give it to her. <laughs> yeah. And that he didn't actually say that, but they were, like, really yeah. aggressive about it to make sure he wouldn't. That's like how everyone in England's really worried the queen's going to leave the country to her dogs. Yeah. Because she loves them more than her and, children. And if they do, you just have to be like, guess what? Royal family's canceled. <laughs> We're done with it. We don't well, need it. We're not using it. It's over. I mean, what? Let everybody go do what, what they want. What better way to, what a, a high note to end your royal family with corgis. Just a whole bunch of dogs. Like, beautiful, precious good babies. for you. <laughs> so cute. Well done. Wow, who's a good royal family you are? Um, apparently, too, in, in Mongolian culture, they don't just automatically give it to the oldest son. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, it's like, who's the most capable warrior son? Yeah. Uh-huh. thing. Yeah. So people are like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's the best. But all it makes me think of is uh, in the Bible when Israel, the prophet, is like, J- Joseph's my favorite kid. And then his brothers, like, put well, him in a pit and sell him as a slave. <laughs> Time to sell like, Joe as a slave. It's so annoying how much you like him better than us. So bye, and I'm like, and like you know, and he has eleven brothers, and she has fourteen brothers, and I'm like, it's not good. Mm-hmm. They're gonna band together and murder her. <laughs> like, don't do this. This is why you need a husband. <laughs> Run away so it with can a be husband. Two on fourteen. That's right. Well, no, they could just leave. She's got a reason to leave, <laughs> and be like, gotta do something else. But yeah, like I said, she's she consistently is doing better wrestling and battling than her brothers. So like, she's kind of. The logical conclusion. Beat me in open <laughs> battle, you scaredy little boys. Um, yeah. and, and either she refuses when he says that or her brothers are like, don't say yes. And she says, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't say yes. Um, she puts her support behind her brother, Oris, uh, who in return, um, he makes her commander over the military, which I think is what she wants to do anyway. That's so true. So I don't, I don't think she wants to be Khan. Like, it just doesn't seem... Like, what she's interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, she's just like, hey, I'll support you, and then can I be in charge of the military? And he's like, yeah. Can I just go out and fight more? You're really good at it, so sure. Yeah, please. Um, you have a lot of anger <laughs> please inside you. You need to do something with that. Please. Yeah, not at us. Not at your brothers. It hurts. Um, we learned that early. <laughs> but so uh, her father dies in 1301, and she looks after his tomb uh, until he she dies uh, only five years later, mm-hmm. um, when she's 46, I think. When her arm snapped off. <laughs> or 45. Um, she died under unexplained circumstances. Arms. Is what 
uh, everything says. Like, they don't know that she didn't know she died, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a lot of theories about that her brothers assassinated her, like, assassinated her, killed her, or <laughs> She something. got assassinated. She got assassinated. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, there's no proof of that, so it's also, like, you could just die from anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like, she could have died in battle. She could have died from a wound. She could have died like her dad did from dysentery pills. It's hard to know, you know? From the pills. <laughs> the doctor could have killed her. Who knows? Um, I prefer to think that she died in battle like or yeah. from, a, from something sustained from battle because it's, like, that's more honorable, more fun, and probably more likely to me. You know, like, if she's already not taken the con position, like, why are you assassinating her right. years and years later? Like, she doesn't want it. Very strange. Probably. Probably not. And, like, she already gave it up. Who cares? But anyway, the power isn't in the chair. So th- it's in the arms. <laughs> and the, I have the arms. At the gun show. <laughs> Pew pew! Um, there are two guns in Mongolian 1300s, and they're on Kulun's shoulders. <laughs> but we're not done yet. Uh, After though, she's dead? Yeah, when she's a ghost. <laughs> no. Um, but why have we heard of her at all? Like I said, uh, mentioned in some Muslim sh- sources with uh, Raz al-Din, as well as Marco Polo and some Chinese stuff. All over the place. Um but after those people visit and, like, Mongolia kind of shrinks and becomes more insular, um, people aren't talking about him anymore, nobody's talking about her mm-hmm. for a long time at all. And probably could have been forgotten entirely uh, if not for um, – and I'm not giving him credit for this, just like he read a book. But uh, yeah. Francois – He read a book. <laughs> Francois Petit de la Croix um, publishes a book of tales and fables um, – in 1710, where he's combining uh, multiple Asian literary themes, because he was writing a biography about Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh, which is why he read Marco Polo stuff. Mar- it's weird to me that, like, I guess it's too new in the Renaissance, but, like, all of these, like, old texts come back, but they're, like, old, old, old. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's like Marco Polo happens at, like, the exactly wrong time. So then his stuff is too new. And then, like, nobody cares about it yeah. until the 1700s. <laughs> The next renaissance. Yeah. (laughs) The next time people are like, let's look at some old stuff. Um, But so, yeah, Francois is, like, compiling some stuff, and he writes uh, a long story derived from the history about Coutelune. Um, In his adaptation, she uh, bore the title uh, Turnado or Turnadot, Mm -hmm. meaning Turkish daughter. Um, And she's 19 years old, daughter of Altun Khan, the Mongolian emperor of China. So it's a lot of things wrong. Yeah. <laughs> She's Turkish. Based on a real story. He's the emperor of China. Uh-huh. I don't know what's happening. But, you know, just, yeah, it's like if you just combo every story you've ever heard from East Asia, you're like, here you go. Also, she's a samurai, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> and she, uh, she pretended to be a man. Yeah. And then she, uh, something. Other stuff. Tells a story every night so her husband won't kill her or something. That's, yep. yep. Someone does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of challenging her suitors to wrestling, um, Francois has her conf- uh, confront them with three riddles. Okay. Wow. Why? In his more dramatic version. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of wagering mere horses, the suitors had to forfeit his life if he failed to answer correctly. What is your favorite color? <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's like there's a correct answer. What? 
That's not a riddle. <laughs> They're like, yes, it is. Is, that a, is it a riddle? <laughs> You're like, you want to live or not? What's your favorite color? I don't I don't think you know what a riddle is. <laughs> He's like, damn it. <laughs> this was a trick. Um, I mean, if it was my life on the line and someone said, what is your favorite color? I'd be like, ooh. ooh. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm Let me, so afraid to right, answer. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. No. Uh, and then 50 years later, the popular Italian playwright um, Carlo Gozzi mm-hmm. uh, made her Cutaloon story into a drama of a tigerish woman blech, okay. um, of unrelenting pride. Okay. Cool. Um, tigerish. Yeah, it's real gross. And then uh, Friedrich von Schiller translates the play into German as Turnado, Prinzessin von China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Wolfgang, uh, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe uh, directs it on stage at the Weimar in 1802. Um, and then a century later, Italian composer Giacomo Puccini uh, still working on his opera Turnado at the time of his death. And uh, unlike his other operatic heroine, Madame Butterfly, mm-hmm. uh, who lived and died for the love of a man, Turnado rejected any man she deemed inferior to her. His <laughs> opera became the most famous of the artistic variations of her life story. Um, uh, it's like all the women watching are like, yeah, 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 I love that. Kick them down. But it's so fun to watch white people be like, ooh, I love a good exotic story and then just F it up a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, do I think you solve three riddles and marry me or I'll kill you is fun? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Very drama. Uh do I think you should contribute it to this woman who, like, beat all these men at wrestling specifically? No. Mm-hmm. Especially not in a culture. Because obviously they changed it to China, I guess. Um, so maybe it makes more sense there. But, like, if it's in Mongolia in a culture where everything's about strength, it's like, no, what she did is so much more impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, than this. Like, oh, isn't there, like, a, a Greek myth about, um, like, a woman who runs so fast that a man has to beat her in a race? Atalanta, yeah. Yeah, like, so why why they already have an example of yeah. a woman performing athletic feats right. to avoid marriage. Why is it so difficult to imagine? Right. When I first heard that, I was like, I wondered if that was true specifically because of Atalanta. Because I was like, it sounds like Atalanta's story mm-hmm. where she runs and then she gets tricked into a man beating her and then has to marry him, which is like such a bummer. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I'm like, this story is way better. Um, but then I was like, no, that's real. At least if you believe Marco Polo and these other people. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'll believe they're historians. I'll believe them. Um, Not like that flim flammer Delacroix. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? Who went on to make a very lackluster carbonated beverage. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Sorry if you like LaCroix. Just like LaCroix, it's just like the whisper of a flavor. It's just the whisper of a truth. I love, uh, there's... There's a rant that Rhett goes on about LaCroix because mm-hmm. he, like, talked to this little girl about it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, she was like, it's LaCroix. And I was like, it's LaCroix, little girl. And it's from Wisconsin. It was made in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> so funny. Just dunked on a yeah, tiny right. girl. Suck it. <laughs> but don't. Uncomfortable. Oh, I have a quote that says, how a culture treats the past often tells us more about the people doing their remembering than about the ones being remembered. Sure do. Yeah. So, uh all these white men need to sit down (laughs) and be quiet. Y'all need to sit down. I'm only accepting Marco Polo because he was there. 
mm-hmm. physically. Yeah, the the one guy who was there, the one white guy who was there. Yep. And saw it happen. He's allowed to talk. He's he's allowed to talk. The rest of you sit down. The rest of you zip it. Okay. Do I want to hear what you have to say? Also, I like, I, I started watching Turnado because there's a version from, I think, Wichita <laughs> that you can watch. Cool. It's like Wichita Opera Theater. I was going to be like, is it like, like Wichita High School or something? Nope. <laughs> it's it. very confusing um, how this is happening. But it's also, it's very weird because, like, the whole cast is East Asian. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, singing in Italian. And it's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to look at, it's like, what's happening, you know? Yeah, the, the ear and the eye is confused. Yeah, it's like, I don't I don't get what's going on. I am confused. And also, I don't speak Italian, so then I also don't know what they're saying. And so then I was like, this isn't, this is why I don't watch opera. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Are, so, are eh. you supposed to? I mean, some of them you can kind of figure out what's happening because most of it's like physical. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of opera is just like, it's really pretty and the voices are pretty. Yeah. That's why they give you the little, the little booklet. But then, like, also, no offense to Wichita Opera, <laughs> but the, there was like some dancing that was going on that was like very, uh, like, one person specifically who was like very off. Whoa. When we they are, were dancing like in a group. We are it was calling driving people me out crazy. Now. I are... didn't say who she was. I don't know. Yeah. She, I don't know who she hey, is. Hey, it's but... the Wichita Opera. <laughs> There's one who's way off, and everyone from Wichita's like, we know who it's, it is. Yeah, it's that girl. Like, like they're listening. We know who um, it is. But, yeah, it was also just driving me crazy. I mean, she wasn't the only one who was off. There's a couple of them who were, like, kind of off. It was just, like, one person was, like, mostly off. <laughs> oh, God, it's it's her. <laughs> it's her. It's know. Joyce. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're a lovely person. It's Karen. I'm sure it was stressful. I bet you did really good in all the shows they didn't film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the worst. You just had a bad day. Yeah, because you had a bad day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I have two more things to read to you. In Western culture, the tale of Kutulun becomes a story of a prideful woman finally conquered by love. Like they have to when mm-hmm. man's right. Man. The Mongols kept her in their memory as a great woman athlete and warrior whose achievements are still remembered today in the open vest and the victory dance of the warrior. Hell yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I told you they do the victory dance. Um specifically says, but the wrestling rituals in Mongolia and the diva on the opera stage preserve two aspects of the life of one of history's great female athletes. It is a fun example of divergent myth-making, yeah. I suppose. Like, uh, if you only had one version or the other, you'd be like, uh, sure, that seems to have happened. Sure. And then you're like, wow, it's so different. Yeah. Well, you'd actually know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they have a common yeah. ancestor, but uh, the, the differing evolution lines of this story went very different right. places. Totally. And yeah, I, you know, like I said, may, maybe not a Disney movie, but like I would really like to watch an animated version of her story yeah. of like, um, you know, her like being told stories when she's a kid about like all the cool things Mongolians do and then like Kublai Khan comes in with all his Chinese stuff and she's like what is this like this is not our thing Mm -hmm. and then like just continues to like be awesome and hold the tradition and like be cool and then like just take down a whole bunch of nasty men dunks on them just dunk on a whole bunch of dudes dunked and her dad to be like gosh I love you but like could you please please and she's like no and it's going to be called... <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, it's called Brave. It's called... It's Brave. <laughs> it's Mongolian Brave. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
maybe the horse is also dunking on people. And it could be, oh, called, yeah. it could be called like a air hook. Right. And it's so. <laughs> No. Yeah. And it's like and it's so like easy to do for like your animal companions because like obviously horse and then also she's got a hawk cuz mm-hmm. they have hawks. Right. Awesome. Uh it's built in. Hello. Hello. Answer the phone. Hello. <laughs> I'm calling you. Calling you. <laughs> anyway, uh thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed learning about Haley's new historical girlfriend, Kutaloon. Uh this Mine week's too. historical girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. That's what every week is when we do an awesome lady who's not an evil lady because I don't want them to be my girlfriend. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I could go bad for you. Eh, it's okay. You seem cool. But not most of them. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. You can email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. You can do a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher. We'd appreciate it. And you can join us on Patreon. Become a patron. We've got a Discord now, and we're going to be doing some more fun stuff over there soon. So do what you do, fam. We've had a lot of people join us on Facebook. Hi. Hi, new Facebook people. Hope you're enjoying the memes. I posted the other day <laughs> yeah. a picture of Nancy Reagan kissing Mr. T on the head while he sits in, or she sits in his lap. What? Yeah, it's a real picture. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're not following us on Facebook, you're missing out. Is it a meme if it's just a picture? It wasn't a meme. Just a real picture? I even said in the caption, okay. I was like, it's not a meme. It's just an actual thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that's real. It happened. Yeah. Tune in next week for uh, George Bush Sr. Uh, Freaking, what are they doing? Him and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. are sledding. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they sledding? I don't know, dude. It's really confusing. Which George? Senior. Bush. Man. Yeah. I wonder how old W was. I don't know. Was he, he like. He was pretty young. Like he was like in, like, you know, sitting in front of Arnold on the I don't, sled. I don't know. I haven't looked at the picture in a minute. Just, you know, but sledding with Arnold. It'll be happening. Anyway, bye. Anyway, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>